This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Haps and Minded. My name is Jared Book, and we are discussing uh, the the news that came in on Friday morning and uh, wasn't necessarily expected. There were reports that it was going on. Uh, there were also a lot of trade rumors, but uh, we are going to discuss the three-year contract extension to Samuel Montembeau. Uh, I will be joined by Matt Drake in just a bit. Uh, the holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is a top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today, and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And uh, Matt, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing terrific. I also just signed a, a new employment contract, significantly <laughs> less money than the Samuel Montembeau, but, uh, uh, and, and it's also not with the Montreal Canadiens, but... What are you gonna do? I'm still waiting on them to give me my offer. So yeah, keep keep, keep skating, and uh, you never know who'll see you. Exactly uh, out there. Yeah, you know, um, not the, the number surprised me a little bit because I, I don't think I expected the number to be as low as it was at three point one five million. It's it's a significant raise from the one million he's making now, but. Uh, yeah. He's also much better than he was when he signed that contract. Uh, and uh, what what, are, what were your initial thoughts when when you saw the contract? I saw I thought the same thing, lower than I expected. Uh, the The report was that he was out uh, uh, that he was after at least four. That's what he was looking for, right? So to come in under four, I, I think is good, especially for a guy who looks like he's capable of being a starter in the NHL. Is he an elite starter? I mean. I don't think so, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure if he can get there, but he is a capable starter. And I think a goaltender like him is somebody that when you're finished rebuilding or when you're close to finish rebuilding, he's good enough uh, to, to win you some games that maybe you don't deserve to win. He's good enough to keep you in games that you do deserve to win. So he's the kind of guy that fits that profile. He's not a Carey Price that's going to go out there and commit absolute grand larceny on a night-in, night-out basis, but he's a guy that gives you a good chance to win every time he's in the net. And uh, I, I think – that's probably worth more than what they're going to be paying him. And um, I, I, I just, I think it's a great deal for them. I, I have no, no, no problems whatsoever with, with the number or the term. Uh, I think it works. I, I was kind of expecting that he was going to get traded, but um, this doesn't close the door on that. 
Uh, and it also gives them a goaltender at a pretty reasonable AAV that they can rely on for the next couple of years. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned the trade and, and my first instinct when I saw that, I was like, Oh, I guess he's not being traded. And, and I guess it, it's possible he can still be traded. Uh, it's possible that a team that will acquire him will be happier to not have him be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it gives the Canadian security that if they don't trade him, they got a deal done at a number that they're comfortable with. Um, and, and so they kind of can do both at the same time. I, I do think this means that he's not going to be traded. I, I don't expect him to be traded, at least not yeah. as much as I did, you know, two days ago when Edmonton had three people watching him play. <laughs> so uh, I think that that's um, at least the, the, the burner has been, you know, turned down a little bit. It's simmering now as opposed to, uh, as opposed to a full boil. Uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting to see um, how what, how this transpires. Something's got to give. I, I think that the three man rotation that they're going through right now, with you know Montembeau, Allen, and uh, Keaton Primo basically rotating uh, in a rotation every every three games. Uh, I I don't yeah. think that's that's going to continue much longer. Uh, either with Primo being sent down. Um, you know, if he gets claimed on waivers, they have the security of knowing that Montembeau is locked in uh, and they won't only have like, you know, Jake Allen next season. Uh, so I, I think that there's a lot of different things they can do now. They can trade Jake Allen and not worry that they're not going to have, you know, no Sam Montembeau next season. So there's there's a lot of balls in the air. We don't know what Kent Hughes is discussing, obviously. Uh, so, uh, but I mean, there's there's... You can't hate this deal. Like, like I, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me to hate it. Like people are saying, oh, this ruins the tank. He's too good. This team finished last and fifth from last in the last two seasons with Montalvo. Well, like, you, you know, <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of those same people who I'm seeing because, like, I, I made a, a tweet about it where I was like, this is a good deal. Like, it's a pretty reasonable AAV for a capable goaltender, and people are like responding. They're saying almost exactly what you said, right? It's ruining the tank oh, it's a mediocre goalie that we're going to be stuck with forever. Those are the same people. I guarantee you, if I go and search through your Twitter history, am I going to find you complaining about Carey Price's AAV? Because those are your options, really. If you want an elite goaltender, you're, you're paying elite goaltender money, and then it sacrifices your ability to spend elsewhere in the lineup. If you want a capable goaltender, then you're going to get him around that AAV, maybe even more than what Samuel Motombo is being paid. Look at Elvis Merzlikens uh, in Columbus. He's getting, what, five... Uh, is it four and a half or is it over five? It's it's somewhere it's in the it's in the four to six range. Anyways, it's more than Montembeau is getting, and I would say Montembeau is maybe slightly better, if not right on par, with what Merzlikens can do for you. Then it gives you more money to spend elsewhere in your lineup. So you can't, in one breath, say, "Oh, I'm upset that we're spending three point one five on a decent goaltender that's capable of playing, uh, you know, probably fifty to sixty games in an NHL season." And then at the same time, lament the fact that they were paying Carey Price over $10 million during his career, right? It's You can't have your cake and eat it too. Either you're overpaying for a goaltender because you want that elite status in your net that can steal games, or you pay a little bit less. Maybe they're not stealing games as often as an elite goaltender, but they're giving you a chance to win and they're giving you flexibility in terms of your cap to be able to spend elsewhere. I think this is probably, if there is no trade coming from Otambo, which I agree with you, this deal should make it far less likely, if not completely remove the likelihood. Um, 
if there is no trade coming, this signifies that that they see him as a part of this team moving forward and that they want that flexibility to be able to spend some money on forwards uh, moving forward. Yeah, and you mentioned the comps. And, like, I, I'm looking at Cap Friendly, and they have a great comparison tool. These are the most comparable contracts to the one that Sam Montembeau just signed. Okay? Uh, Anton Forsberg in 2022 with Ottawa. Uh, Chris Drieger... Ooh. Uh, with Seattle in 2021, Mackenzie Blackwood with San Jose, uh, July 1st of this of 2023, Anton Kadobin with Dallas in 2020, Carter Hutton with Buffalo in 2018, Mike Condon with Ottawa in 2017, Razik with Toronto in 2021, Thomas Grice oh. with the Islanders in 2017, uh, and then Laurent Boissois, uh, with Vegas in 2021, uh, and and Vili Husso. In uh, with Detroit in 2022, like that, that's that, better than all those guys, right? That, that's that's the point I was trying to get to is that, like, this is basically backup money for for Montembeau, yeah, it, it's basically backup money, and he has the ability to be a 1A potentially, um, more, more likely a 1B, I would say. I don't think you can contend with him as a 1A. Uh, but also, we just saw Alex Lyon play four playoff games for a team that won the Eastern Conference. So who knows? Yeah. Um, but uh, at the same time, like he, he has, he's shown the ability that, that he can get hot, play big games. He won a gold medal for Canada at the last World Championships. A lot of people forget that or dismiss it because they don't care about the World Championships. But those are yeah. still pressure filled games on a team Canada that's usually not very good. Uh, and and he still ended up winning. Uh, that tournament so you know it's 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 basically no risk for the canadians like even if they get a better goalie you're not going to turn your head and say oh this montambo contract we're paying way too much for a backup like it it just doesn't happen uh and 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 i think that that's um a solid bit of business I, i mean if you compare this to the jake allen contract it's even less than what Jake Allen's getting paid, right? So, yep. uh, it, it's it, it's you know that that's potentially, I don't want to say that is, but that's what's brought up a lot as the worst move that Ken Hughes has made, right? That Jake Allen contract extension. Yep. And this, so, if you compare it with that, this is a great deal. So, uh, I, I don't see a downside to it. Uh, I really don't. Um, obviously. The, the offers from Montembeau were not as good as what people would have wanted. And, you know, people are like, oh, you could trade Montembeau for a first and a top prospect. Obviously, that wasn't on the table because if that was, he'd be an Evan Toyler right now. So I, I think that it, it's it's it, it's a lot of, you know, people wishing for the the the, the optimum package. Obviously, I, you know, I don't think Kent Hughes had turned that down. Right? right? Like, yeah. I, I, th- I think we have to be honest about what what the actual uh offers that were out there were uh and and then like i said this doesn't mean that they can't trade them if someone turns around and offers you know a package you can't refuse there's no no trade clause or anything like that um yeah and but i mean i don't think that they're shopping him i don't think they were ever shopping him i just think they're like hey if you want one of our goalies pay pay through the nose and you can get montalbo um kind of thing <laughs> And and I think that this, you know, like I said, I, I think they settle on the fact that okay, there's no offers out there right now that we're, you know, are imminent. We're really comfortable with this AAV 
Um, they've obviously been talking about it since you know pretty much the season started, and and they landed on it, and you know he's been playing really well. Like that's the thing that um it's kind of lost in this because the losses pile up for Montalbo, but uh he's he's played very well and and i don't think worrying about the tank is uh should be on anyone's radar when it comes to judging what this deal is like no no it's not it's not going to hurt them in the tank i guess this is a good segue into the uh the players of the month right because how do you pick for the players of the month jacob fowler right a goaltender <laughs> and this deal kind of gives them some stability in the net for the next few years because Jake Allen's got this year and one more year on that contract that a, a lot of people feel like maybe Ken Hughes shouldn't have signed. Do you think a guy like Jacob Fowler is going to come up in the next two years? Absolutely not. Right. We're still, we got a big old question mark sitting as the third goaltender in Caden Primo. And, uh, and we're still not sure what we've got down Laval. Jakob Dobish has, has struggled a little bit. And then Hattie picks Jacob Fowler as the player of the month for North, North American prospects who has a 939 and a 188 goals against average um, with a record of 6-1-1. One, one. He's playing fantastic in the NCAA, a um, guy that they just drafted uh, in the most recent draft. And, you know, if he happens to come up over the course, let's say three years from now, right, when Montembeau will be, what, in the um, in the last year of his, of his deal that he just signed, mm-hmm. right? you would have a goaltender on an ELC that potentially you could be trying out and Montembeau gives you that security blanket where, you know, you got a more experienced goaltender that can shelter him a little bit. You're still probably getting into competition territory, not quite at contendership when you look at the time frame for the rebuild. And it's going to give you a chance to, to see what can that NCAA goaltender. And then you've got, again, that security blanket in Montembeau to, uh, to, to either back him up or to be the, the one a and wait for the heir apparent to actually be ready. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And it, it's not hard to find, you know, one B's or, or like goaltenders change teams so often the the yeah. challenge is finding the right one. Right. Cause you, you've seen a lot of teams go after goalies uh, and who have struggled. I mean, I, I mentioned Detroit and Billy Huso. Um, he's not the goalie that they, they necessarily thought they were getting uh, Ottawa and, and Corpusalo. Uh, not the goaltender they thought they were getting. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's 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 tough to find. And then you have a team like Buffalo who is like, okay, we're going to go with uh, uh, Devin Levi, and uh, well, you know, he wasn't ready either. So it's it, it's it's very um, it's very hard to judge goaltenders. But the good news is that they're they're out there. You just have to find the right ones, you know. And, and yeah. that's it's not easy. Hill. It's not easy, but it, it's possible. Aiden Hill spent his entire NHL <laughs> career oscillating between the NHL and the AHL until he gets to Vegas. Then he wins a Stanley Cup, puts up a 932 in the playoffs. Now, obviously, it's a very good team in front of him, but that is evidence that you don't have to go out and spend a pile of money. It's nice to have a carry price, right? Let's face mm-hmm. it. We all witnessed his career. There were games where they just had no business even sniffing a win and they somehow walk out with two points and the other team is just like shrugging and slapping themselves on the knees. Like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do about this? And it's nice to have that. It is, but you don't have to have it in order to compete. That's one way to compete. The other way is to build a really strong roster up in front of them. And as long as you have a capable goaltender, uh, you can go very far uh, in the regular season and in the playoffs. So I think that's kind of the mold that Kent Hughes is looking at is not necessarily having uh, an all-star 
you know, carry price type goaltender. It's, you know, can we have somebody in there that's good enough to give us a chance to win and build a team in front of them that makes it easier for him to do that. Yeah, Jacob it, Fowler. It's, it's, also, have... it's also very hard to find that carry price and Andre Vasilevsky. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they just don't exist very much, like uh, often. So, you know, odds are if you're paying a goalie that much, it's going to be for, for a goalie that is, is not, is not that good and you're overpaying. And, and then, then you go down the road. Um, uh, another road. So you mentioned Fowler. Uh, that's obviously one of the um, the players of the month for the month of November. Um, the European prospect of the month, Adam Engstrom, uh, not as as strong a month as as maybe he's we're we're used to seeing from him. Um, the European prospects. Uh, I know Patrick had a tough time trying to decide because they're all kind of in that kind of you know state average stage. Um, but he's he's still playing well on a very, on a good team in Sweden, uh, you know, not getting the points, but developing his defensive side of his game, uh, and becoming a um, you know an all around kind of prospect as well. Yeah, and one of the things that I've noticed, um, I haven't watched any full games from him there, but whenever Pat shares highlights, like his his puck control at the offensive blue line is it's something, it's really good. And, you know, you might not be piling up the points necessarily, but that'll come when you're, when you're that poised with the puck at the offensive blue line, when you can make guys miss, you can create space for yourself, kind of spin off and then go find yourself a better angle for shots and passes. The points are going to come, especially if you can get forwards into the right position to get in the way for tips, uh, to get, put themselves in position for a backdoor feed or something like that. The, the better that the team gets around him, the, the more those points are going to come. I'm seeing good fundamentals from the guy. Every time that I see a clip from him, he's always doing something good, uh, again, particularly at the offensive blue line. So to hear that he's also developing his defensive game a little bit, it's like that's that's great to hear. It's like I said, right, if Kent Hughes is looking at that mold of let's build a really strong team that, that makes our goaltender better than he might otherwise be, that's the kind of player that you need, somebody that can really mitigate the chances against and make it easier on the goaltender, right? It's, it's again, one thing to have a carry price. It's another thing to have a defense that makes, you know, not carry price look like carry price sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the Laval Rocket player of the month was Brandon Gignac. Uh, in, in a month where they lost a lot of bodies, uh, Leas Anderson, uh, you know, uh, you know, Sean Farrell just got hurt. Uh, Emil Heineman was already hurt. Uh, Gignac was the guy that kind of, you know, kept the the glue together, uh, so to speak. Uh, you know, he played with Farrell and Hua, Joshua Hua, and they had a great stretch. Uh, at one point, they slowed down a little bit recently. Gignac is that guy who can play up and down your lineup. Um, he's played fourth line minutes. He's played top line minutes, and he just fits in. His speed doesn't doesn't slump very often, uh, and yeah. and he's just a player that can make things happen and providing leadership to a, a Laval Rocket team that's very young. Uh, and very injured <laughs> right now, yeah. and um, and and a, a big month for him, and getting some accolades and some some recognition that that he deserves. Yeah, and you know I've I've watched more uh, Rocket game this year than than I would normally have watched this early in the season. I think everybody knows why. I'm trying to keep tabs on my boy Josh Mahoua, but the one thing that stands out any time that you watch is Brandon Gignac. Holy shit, is he fast! Like if, if he had some of the tools that other players have outside of speed, he'd be in the NHL right now. I just, it's unfortunate to sit here and talk about him. Cause like, yeah, he deserves the accolades, but at the same time, it's like, what path is there to, to get to the NHL for him? I 
don't know that he's going to get there, at least not on a regular basis. But man, when you watch a Rocket game, is it ever fun to see him wind up with the puck? And he's got he's got Paul Byron speed with and without it. It's just it's unbelievable. Uh, really wish when I was a kid that I developed that kind of a, a coup de patin. I might have made the NHL myself. Uh, he's incredibly fast. And uh, yeah, he's anchoring a Rocket team, like you mentioned, that has even more injury problems than the Montreal Canadiens last year. Um, it's unfortunate that this organization seems to just be bitten by the injury bug and there's nothing they can really do about it. It's, it's hurting the Rocket. I think it's hurting a guy like Joshua White. It's why, you know, last night and this morning on Twitter, I was kind of advocating like this is an opportunity maybe to bring Joshua White up to the Montreal Canadiens because, you know, let's, let's get him an opportunity to stop playing with such a rotating, rotating cast of line mates given all the injuries that they're having in Laval. But yeah, Gignac, great month from him and uh, fast, fun player to watch if you're watching the Rocket game. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, and, and with the injury, we'll we'll, tra- we'll transition to Alex Newhook, who is our NHL Player of the Month, yeah. and obviously, uh, you know, hoping that he has an opportunity to to play games in December. Um, but he he had a good month. He, he led the team in goals. He, um, you know, he's tied for the team leading goals with, with Cole Caulfield. Really coming into his own, uh, which makes the timing of his injury even even harder. Yeah. Um... Well, there was two plays last night, right? So first there was, he got slew footed. I forget who it was, but it didn't get called. And I thought he was going to be injured from that because his legs like stretched out. He basically did the splits and I'm like, Ooh, that does not look good. And then later in the game, of course, goes into the net, uh, gets his skate. This one was nobody's fault. He just blew a tire, goes into the net, gets his skate caught on it and twisted his ankle in a really grotesque looking way. Um, Super unfortunate because like you said, he was starting to really come up. And, um, you know, the points are starting to come. He's, he's looking more engaged. He's looking fast every shift. Uh, and, and now he gets, he gets derailed by, we don't know what yet. I think I should mention that. We don't know if or how long he's going to be out, but really unfortunate because it seemed like he was turning a corner there. He had a, you know, a really good start for those few games that he had Kirby Doc as a center. Uh, there was clear chemistry there. Everything was going great. And then kind of fell off a cliff after Kirby Doc got hurt. But it seemed like in the last couple of weeks, particularly in this last month, hence him being the player of the month for NHL players, he was really coming on. And then all of a sudden, you know, freak slide into the net after earlier getting slew footed and it, it might all be derailed, at least for the time being. So really unfortunate. But I think looking on the positive side, so he's got a rotating cast of, uh, of line mates. It's been a challenge for them to figure out a configuration that works, but somehow still he's been finding his way and uh, really coming up over the course of the last month. So it's super unfortunate to see him go down. But, you know, on the positive note, there is that progress that we've seen from him, uh, which is something that has been very desired since Kirby Doc went down and just has been absent uh, from a lot of players. But he's a guy that they acquired, obviously, in the offseason for two picks and hopefully uh, somebody that they can, you know, rehabilitate into a legitimate top six player for them. And uh, he was looking like he's he's on his way to being that. So, you know, good news and bad news all at once with this team this year. 
Yeah, you know, and again, another player who gets hurt while they were playing really well, right? Like Kirby Doc yeah. was playing really well when he got hurt. Uh, and again, we don't know the the extent of the injury. Uh, you know, hoping that it's better than it appeared. Uh, and there is precedent to that. Literally, you know, a couple weeks ago in in women's hockey, Aaron Ambrose, uh, Montreal's first round pick in the PWHL. Uh, was playing uh, in a rivalry series against Team USA. She went down awkwardly, uh, looked like uh, a lower, you know, lower body injury, knee, ankle kind of thing, and it looked really bad. And and you're kind of seeing it happen, and you're like, oh well, that could be her season. Uh, and she's back skating and expected to play in the season opener on on January second uh, as well. So th- there there's there's precedent to that. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know. There's there's some you know similar healing powers um, for for New Hook and it just kind of looked worse than it was. I feel like the the immediate not you know news of like when Kirby Doc got hurt, it was like an immediate news of like oh it's not good, <laughs> right? And yeah. and we haven't yeah. gotten that with New Hook yet. So you know holding out a little bit of hope that it wasn't obviously bad. It could still be bad, obviously, but if it's not like oh his you know. If it, if if it was a broken leg, it wouldn't be like oh he's under evaluation, right? Yeah. <laughs> if it was a broken the, ankle, the thought like was the the thought was broken ankle, right? Because he seemed like he was dangling it. He didn't yeah. put any weight on it. He had to get helped off. So a lot of people are armchair doctoring and going, oh well, that's that's a broken ankle. And I think you're probably right. If if it was a broken ankle, I think we would have already heard by now. It would have been like all right, he's done uh, eight to, eight to ten weeks, whatever time frame. I don't know how long broken ankle even takes, honestly, but. <laughs> Um, you're right. If the fact that we haven't heard anything yet means maybe it's not that bad. I don't know. It, it could be the opposite too, that they're just waiting for swelling to go down and then, right. yeah. and then they're like, oh yeah, it, it's worse than we thought. So yeah, I mean, it, it could go even, we don't want to speculate, but you know, hopefully it's, it's not as bad as it looked because it looked really bad. Uh, and, and, um, you know, he can continue the, the way he was going because yeah, he really started to get his game going again. And, and it's unfortunate that it keeps, it keeps happening to, to the Canadians and, 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 and it's, I, it's, it's a freak incident, right? Like, I don't think that him falling like that had nothing to do with like the slew foot earlier or playing hurt or things like no. that. Like I, I was on game over with, with Andrew Brookshire uh, after game on, on Thursday night. And I'm like, there's basically two, two ways you can go with an injury like this. You can either, you know, if you crash into the boards or, or net and, and fall awkwardly, it's either like getting hurt in that situation, not bad luck. It's just the expected scenario or you can get lucky and you're fine. Right. Like it, it's not like even like yeah. any bad luck for it to happen. Like same thing with Kirby doc. Like it, it wasn't bad luck that, you know, he got hit that way in his knee, you know, he, he tore his ACL and all that. It, it wasn't that, it's that's the expected scenario once that happens you can get lucky and nothing happens but it's not bad luck that, that it happened like that so it's 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 going to be you know obviously it's something to watch for uh you know they have options to call people up and Will Heineman is expected to be back um in the rocket lineup as well so he gets added to that list of potential call-ups with Joshua Hua and, and others but it's Joshua Hua yeah. Yeah, That's the I, only I, name I, I want to hear. The, the only thing is, I don't know if you want to throw him into uh, a situation that he's in right now. He would be in the NHL. 
um, you know, where he you know, like sure, I do. I, I know sure, you I do. do. I, I know you do. I know you do. Because <laughs> I'll tell you right, like I, I already, well, I, I lightly suggested it in the article that I put about. Because I, I think <clears throat> if Newhook is out, even if it's only for a couple of games, I think it, it necessitates them putting Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki back together. Yes, they've got a tough stretch. Um, in this this home stand, there, there's not any easy games coming up. They've got in the next three games, they've got Detroit, Seattle, and then LA again. We already know what LA did to them. And Detroit and Seattle are both teams that uh, appear playoff bound. And they they need to, I, I'm not saying they need to win because I, I I think we all need to resign ourselves to the fact that wins and losses are not that important. It's about putting together a, a product on ice that, that's watchable, at least for the home fans, and seeing some positive progress from young players. So putting those two back together, I think, is important because it's going to give the fans something to cheer about in those games. I think they're, they might be lucky to win one of the three. And those two being back together would at least, you know, give them a shot. Right. And then my third for that line, because you've tried everyone else, right. You've tried everyone that you've got right now. You've tried Josh Anderson. Doesn't work. You've tried your Slavkovsky. It worked a little bit. You've tried Alex Newhook. It worked a little bit. Nobody has worked consistently. Josh Mahua, I believe very firmly is the answer to those two playing together. He's got a forechecking. He's got the defensive acumen. He completes that pair in a way that I don't think anybody else has. And I can't prove that until the team is willing to try it. So when I say I would throw him into that situation, I, I mean very specifically, not just I would throw him onto the Montreal Canadiens, I would throw him into that situation as the other winger for Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. Could you imagine the the, the level of compete that Joshua Hawaii would bring playing his first game in front of his friends and family and he's on the top line with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki at the Bell Center? Whoa. I predict a multi-point game if they do it. I predict that now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, it'll be interesting for sure. I, I mean, that that's the scenario you would call him up for, right? You don't call him up to play eight minutes with Jake Evans and Michael Pizzetta, right? No. Like, like, and I think if that's what they're looking for, if if they have their whatever they have in their top six, if they have that settled, you know, if whether it's I got like Sean Monahan even or, or whatever you want to do there. Um. Then yeah, you you call somebody else up. But if you're gonna call up somebody to play top six minutes, then then he would be the one, uh, to to do that. Then then it makes sense. Uh, when I said you don't want to throw him into that situation, I meant, you know, fourth line rule. Yeah. Uh, things yeah. like that. You know that that's where you would call up uh, you know Mitchell Stevens or Lucas Condona or you know someone like that. But yeah, I mean, obviously, if you call him up, it's because you want him to play. What yeah. quite simply, and that's. That's why I expanded there, right? Because like I'm not, yeah. I, I get it. People, every time I mention it, people are like, "No, too soon. Let him dominate in the AHL." It's like, well, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on that. And I think people are the, the problem is when they hear "call him up," they think they think that what you mean is call him up permanently, and he's just up in the NHL forever. It's like not necessarily. You can bring him up. You can give him a taste of the action, uh, and as long as it's in the top six, you know, he could maybe he's going to do one of two things, right? He's either going to make himself undeniable to the point where they can't send him back anymore because he's that good and he is ready or he's going to get an opportunity to learn what is it that he needs to work on to get better if you've followed joshua was career at all uh which i have probably followed it more closely than i need to um he's a player that works extremely hard to get better at things that he's not good at he turns his weaknesses into strengths if he came up and he had i don't know four or five games on the top line and they didn't go super well for him, that would just be data that he would take back to the AHL and then work tirelessly to make 
the areas of weakness that made him not have success in the NHL into strengths. And then he'd come back stronger the next time. I, I have a lot of faith in this kid. So um, I, I don't know. I hope they do it. But I also, at the same time, I hope Newhook's not out. It's a catch-22 situation here because I don't <laughs> want Newhook to be out for a because he was doing so well. He was on the come-up. I don't want to see him out. But if he is, that's what I'd like to see them them try. Yeah, and, and you know another potential call-up option the Canadians had was – Sean Farrell, who who is playing with Joshua, yeah, he's hurt now, uh, and and he got hurt, he got hurt as well, and he's out indefinitely uh, with an upper body injury as well. So, yeah, it, it's not quite as dire as it was a week ago when Montreal had twelve forwards, Laval had twelve forwards, and Trois had ten forwards, uh, including yeah. some on tryouts. Uh, it's not quite that dire right now, but it's uh, it's not great, <laughs> and and uh, it'll be interesting to see um, what what happens and. I before we we finish, I do want to um, shout out one of the honorable mentions in in the players of the month article, and that's Philip Machar. And Ooh, yeah, he, you know, he's kind of been the forgotten guy in, in all of this, right? He had a, you know, he had a point per game season. People expected more from him. He, you know, he had a okay training camp. Didn't really stick out. Played a little bit in the AHL. Didn't really stick out. Get sent to junior. And people are like, oh, well, this is make it or break it. Well, he's making it. <laughs> like he's he's oh, yeah. he's he's doing everything that that you would want to see him do, and it's it's going to be, you know, he he's at a point where he has in fifteen games eleven goals and fifteen assists for twenty six points. He only had seventeen goals in fifty two games uh, last year, so. He he's definitely stepping up where he you would want to see a draft plus two player, uh, be in the OHL in his second OHL season. I don't think we should compare him to other nineteen year olds necessarily, because it still is his only his second season in North America as well. Um, so you're not you're not quite you know comparing him to second year OHL players, but you're not com- quite comparing him to third year OHL players either. Um, no. but, but, but on any scale, uh, 26 points in 15 games is, is passing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even last year, right. When the points weren't flowing like they are right now, he, uh, when you watched a, a Rangers game, you would hear them marvel at his shot and they would constantly say, that's a pro shot. That's a pro shot. He has a pro shot. Um, he doesn't have a, the pro body. I think is what people's number one knock on him is. He's a smaller guy. But so far this year, he's scoring goals of like power forward style. The other night he had one against who was the Erie Otters, gets the puck at center ice, cuts through like four defensemen, like a knife through butter, hot knife through butter rather, and then ends up going short side top, like uh, an absolutely ridiculous goal. And he's doing that on a night in night out basis right now in the OHL. This is like somewhat reminiscent of me for when uh, Joshua was in his uh, D plus two year in the QMJHL, right? Where He's just clearly too good for that league. But for whatever reason, you know, the team felt like it was better to send him down there. And I don't think that hurts his development. I think if anything, this is going to bring his confidence up to a level where he's going to be able to come in next year, um, maybe a little bit heavier uh, because he'll get, you know, he's going to have more age on him. He's going to fill into his body a little bit more. And he's going to have that confidence from having that dominant season in the OHL on a really good Kitchener Rangers team. Whereas last year, the other thing you need to consider when you think about him not piling up the points last year, they were not nearly as good as they are this year. The, the Rangers are a much different team. They're much better, much more complete. 
And last year he made them better. When he went there this year, he's again making them better. And now they're already good. So it's just having this this wonderful effect on 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 his uh, production where he he looks great out there. Um, I'd encourage anybody if you haven't watched a, a Rangers game yet, you know, put one on. Um, take a look at Meshar out there. He looks fantastic. All situations playing great hockey. Yeah, and and you mentioned the shot. Him shooting more is also good. We mentioned you know eleven goals and fifty yes. games after seventeen and fifty two uh is is a sign that he's 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 shooting the puck and um you know lo- looking looking like a, a player who's a first round pick um you know he might not have the start to his his career like like a guy like Yuri Kulik who was drafted after him uh but he's he's showing why he was a first round pick and why he was yeah. in that range and um you know more than just you know Yuri Slavkovsky's buddy um and if the Canadians <laughs> drafted the two of them to make them like play together, they're doing a really bad job of getting them to play together because they, they haven't really been on the same <laughs> team since since either of them have been drafted, right? Obviously, Sapkowski's been in the NHL the entire time, uh, and and Mashar's been in, in the AHL or, or OHL. So I mean, it's it's not like they're you know they brought him in just to be you know Sapkowski's buddy. Uh, obviously, it doesn't hurt to have somebody he knows when he's at like these camps and things like that, but. Um, yeah, if that was the goal, well, they, they're doing a bad job. <laughs> hey, they, they have a shot at doing it if they want to. They could make Slavkovsky <laughs> available for the World Juniors. Mashar oh, is, he's got to be a lock. <laughs> yeah, Mashar is going to dominate the World Juniors. Like, he's going to, he was good in last year's World <clears throat> Juniors. I thought he was, like, by far the best Slovakian forward, um, especially in that quarterfinal against Canada. I can't get that game out of my head when I think about Philip Mashar. That, that, if that's what he can do. Yeah. That that's that's the kind of player you want to see all the time, uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't think Slavkovsky is going to go to World Juniors, but if he did, um, he it, it would be, I, I dare say he would put up numbers like Connor Bedard did <laughs> last year, um, just because it, 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 it like he's playing the best hockey he's ever played in the NHL, and, <laughs> and if you send him down to the to the World Juniors, yeah. Um, I don't think they will. Yeah, he's. Um, but I mean, but he's he's so much bigger and stronger than most right. of the kids that are yeah. going to be at that tournament. Like he's bullying some dudes. He's finally starting to play power forward style hockey in yes. the NHL. Yeah, yeah. You said with the World Juniors, it might be a shit show. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think that the team will do that. It was just kind of a tongue in cheek. Yeah, no, exactly. If they wanted to play together, together. yeah. If you wanted to start taking a shot at that, you go ahead and do that. But yeah, Meshar, um, he's he's a guy to watch at the World Juniors. He might, um, I don't know if he's going to put up Bedard numbers, but he he might put up Joshua Wild numbers. Yeah, uh, on a team that's not that's as a, good, right? Remember that. Like on a team that's not nearly as good. Right. Like if he gets Slovakia to the semifinals, that's like a win on his own. Like not that he's going to be the only one responsible for that, but you know, you think you think back to to the years like um of of Martin Revai when he was playing for Slovakia. Um and and the Slovak program's a lot better than it was when it was just him. <laughs> and and he, yeah. you know him and Dennis Godla like willing the team to to get to uh to the medal round, but I think that you know they put a scare into Canada last year, right? They took them to overtime, uh, they did. in in the World Juniors, uh, and and all those guys are a year older. I don't know if Simon Nemec is going to be, um, let go uh, for the tournament, uh, because it's in Sweden. It's he's in the AHL. It's a little bit harder to to make that work for teams that are are you know not, not junior teams, but yeah, if you know a guy like Mashar, 
Uh, Dvorsky's a year older. Um, you know, there's a lot of good young players in that program, and and they can they'll be in they'll be in contention, I think, to be uh, into that semifinals uh, for sure. But it'll be um, it'll be interesting. But yeah, I just want to point out that he's playing so well, uh, and he's kind of the forgotten guy. Uh, a lot of people already labeling him as a bust uh, after one year and a little bit in the AHL. So um, he's doing exactly what you'd want to see him do, right? It doesn't mean that he's going to succeed in the NHL level, but you can't ask for more than what he's doing uh, in the OHL right now either. So um, yeah, patience, Matt, right? Sometimes yeah, you got to be exactly. patient. Sometimes it's not going to be the first year that they're eligible for pro hockey that they're going to go at and they're in the NHL. Right. And, and even Mashar said that himself. Like he said, like I'm three years away. <laughs> Last year, like yeah. he knows, he knows he's not he's not battling for those spots right away. Uh, a lot of that is just because he needs to get bigger, um, as well. So it, it'll it'll uh, be interesting to watch. Uh, obviously, we'll keep going and seeing who the players of the month in in January are. Obviously, the World Juniors might play a part in that. Uh, the Canadians don't have too many players eligible for that tournament. Uh, a guy like Adam Engstrom is just a bit too old. Uh, because he he turned uh, twenty in November. Um, Lane, Hud- Lane Hudson will be there. <laughs> Lane Hudson will be there, uh, and uh, that that will definitely be the focus, I think, of many uh, a Canadian uh, fan during the tournament uh, as well, because uh, it, it's an opportunity for people who don't get to see uh, NCAA hockey very often to to see the growth that he's made in his game. Um, and you know, there's not going to be a Luke Hughes on that team anymore right he's mm-hmm. in the nhl so he's really going to have the reins to to go all out and and uh yeah looking forward to that he you know talk about Connor Bedard numbers luke lane hudson might be the guy to do that uh in this tournament not that i'm putting that pressure on him but uh <laughs> if, if, if anyone could do it uh from the defense position especially it, it's him but uh matt thank you so much for uh for taking the time uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time on on Have Some Minded. This episode has been brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.